we shall proceed no further in this business. Art thou feared? If we should fail! We fail, but screw your courage to the sticking place, and will not fail. Hello and welcome to The Scottish Film, a podcast that is not about Scottish films. I'm Paul Salt. And I'm Katie Maiden. This week, we are taking several tabs of acid and vaguely remembering the plot to Macbeth. (laughs) Vaguely. (laughs) It is S4C's Shakespeare, The Animated Tales, Episode 3, Macbeth. We will proceed no further in this business. I thought we did. If we should fail. We fail. But screw your courage to the sticking place and we'll not fail. Uh, This series is a joint effort between the Welsh television channel... Uh, S4C, and a Russian animation studio. And yeah, it's as you'd expect from that. What a combo. I mean, <laughs> the classic combo, Wales and Russia. <laughs> I, I read some sort of production note about this and they were just saying, yeah, I mean, in terms of really stark creative animation, we really there was really no choice for us that we had. And they were just doing everything possible to avoid saying it's because we could afford them. Yeah. They're the ones who qu- gave us a good quote. And... Yeah, they're the ones who came back and said, we'll do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, it is 26 minutes long and was broadcast in the United States with a live action introduction from Robin Williams, which, which we, we could, not find. could not find. Yes. Yeah. Shame about that. But we do have a crazy cartoon to talk about. So, yeah. Is our upon the stage, so to speak. <laughs> no part of that is correct. <laughs> there's no his, wasn't an hour, there's no stage, and nothing was upon anything. So, <laughs> how was the how was the cartoon? I, I thought the animation was good. It was, it was amazing. Like, like the art mm. was amazing. Like there was, yeah. it was creepy and it was like well drawn yeah. and it was inventive. Yeah, it was, yeah inventive. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like we'll come to some of the more like you know key key points of what I'm talking about with like the creepy yeahness. But it was very like it wasn't like a children's animation. It was like. No. Even though this yeah, was made was... for schools, it's definitely made for secondary year kids, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's So that's what I was wondering here. So I wrote down, who is this made for? Yeah. Because what you do have is you have a narrator who isn't speaking in Shakespearean language, no. who's saying, there's a war upon Scotland. He's and... doing exposition. There was war in Scotland. The land was torn and bleeding. But the deepest wounds of all were made by friends turned traitor. To fight against Duncan, their king. Yeah, he's doing it, and and now Macbeth has become king or whatever. But it's not like throughout. It's there's bits where the narrator actually could have been quite useful. It's only where they couldn't fit in the lines. I think it's just to move things along. It's an entirely perfunctory kind of um, thing. It's not necessarily a stylistic decision. It's just a you know patching up holes. I think generally speaking, you are expected to follow the Shakespearean language. Yes, because we'll come to that. There is Mm. Shakespearean language. But Mm. I do think that I was wondering who is it for? Because it's like, if you're doing Macbeth in secondary school, you should be watching a full Macbeth. Well, it's it's a good primer. It could be a primary school. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, maybe it might scare them a little bit. It's but gonna like, frighten them. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, it could... I mean, I had... When I was in primary school, um, my parents bought me a book called, like, Shakespearean Tales, whatever. It's really, really amazing oh, yes, book the, with um... all these amazing illustrations. Yeah. 
So it's not unheard of that, that primary school kids will oh, learn yeah, about sure. Shakespeare. But... I think we had a couple of performances of of Shakespeare when we were in primary school, which no one followed. And yeah, which which <laughs> play is it where someone talks about a, a maid comes in and talks about finding a dead body and touching his leg and then moving up the leg and it's just really cold. Is it in Hamlet? Or is that Othello? I'm not sure. It might be Othello, but I just remember all the kids laughing at the suggestion that she was getting closer to the genitals. Hi everyone, the ghost of William Shakespeare here. I've just popped in to say that the quote Paul remembers comes from my hit play Henry V. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. It's back to hell for me. I was impressed by my fellow students following that logic <laughs> and the language. They were invested <laughs> enough to get that knob gag. Well done, guys. Well done. <laughs> You've taken it to the next level, everyone. Yeah, so obviously this is this isn't really like a film. It's hot it's cause it's twenty five yeah. minutes long, so it's more mm. like like you said, like almost like a prelude. It's almost like you would show people this like at the beginning of studying. Yeah, her. that's what I mean and by you would, like Study the play. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's it. If you want them to know the plot and some of the language, the key phrases, then this is a very good summary, um, which would then lead into a proper adaptation because it is not a substitute for an adaptation of Macbeth. But to come back to the style, it's it's very expressionist, very abstract, uh, sort of. Yes. You know, people disassemble and reassemble and disappear into shadows. And it, it's a very stylized um, depiction yeah. of Macbeth. And the art reminded mm. me of Otto Dix a little bit, you know, oh, that yeah. kind of uh, cubist. Yeah, yeah, it has that. There's an impressionist kind of feel to the whole thing. Um, yeah. It's very bloody. There's a big battle at the beginning that includes heads getting yeah. cut off and a very odd moment of feast preparation, which. I thought was meant to stand in for the Banquo murder, but then we get the Banquo murder. So it's just an odd little yeah. moment of be- of animals getting killed for a big feast. Yeah, it's yeah. There is a lot of like <laughs> red kind of. There's like swords going into people. Oh yeah, all sorts of things. Hence, who is this for? Like, this isn't for. Yeah, I, I really think it's for teenagers. I think it's to keep teenagers yeah. engaged, and that's also why you get sort of sexy you know, dress clinging to her body, Lady Macbeth, later on as well. Yes, you do, yeah. You get <laughs> she's pretty hot animation. Pretty stacked. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not afraid to let you know that. But in addition, you just get this really attention grabbing, bizarre imagery, like Lady Macbeth tearing herself open to reveal a wolf, a bear and a horse that come flying yes. out as she does. It's Yes, I noticed that. Yeah, very and, interesting. Yeah, so many like little moments that were just like, ooh, like Whoa. that's whoa like i want that on a poster i guess i won't be falling asleep then during this class (laughs) yeah (laughs) because this shit is crazy and you've got stuff like banquo and fleance when they disappear um you know when they say oh we'll be back we're just gonna go off hunting i think is what they say and they go off and they disappear into macbeth's shadow which then becomes like this weird devil kind of thing Mm. i will say though because of the speed and the weirdness i did feel fairly detached from the characters I was involved oh, yeah. in the production and in the film and what's going to happen next, but I didn't, you know, compared to the number of times that we've been so there with Lady Macbeth and Macbeth during their darkest moments, this one I felt a little removed from them both. Yeah, because the monologues are cut down to like oh, a God. sentence or two, yeah. so they're yeah. not, you know, there's no like engagement with the audience in terms of like the monologues. Uh, I love the way that Macbeth's face changed when he's kind <laughs> of like going into like the madness kind of mm. going into the like changing his face was just like morphing into all these different <laughs> types of art yeah and it was like amazing oh, but yeah man. you're right you didn't there was mm. no like emotional 
because it's so short there's no way you can do that yeah i think so but the shortness is definitely part of it but then then again 25 minutes that's the average length of an episode of Simps- the simpsons you know and some of those were yeah. very emotionally involving it's just they had so much plot to get through that's true there's a lot of plot here a lot, a lot of lot plot, plot cut, cut out. well <laughs> let's talk about that then so a fair is foul and foul is fair how close are we to shakespeare i was actually pretty impressed yeah they did a good summary this is a really good summary so i kind of wrote down everything they did they you have but all the times that the witches show up, yep. they're all in there. You have a couple of like no you said with the with the key language. Mm. So there there is you know is this a dagger I see before me? There's unsex yep. me here. There's out damn spot. There's yep. like unsex me. Unsex me here was the only bit I noticed that they moved out of order because they put it after. Yes, that the was feast. in the wrong place. There's a couple of other things. Oh yeah. Well, just not so much moved out of place, mm. but. Um, Rearranged Banquo's murder happens as during it's reported. the banquet scene. Yes, yeah. so that's it's not like out of order, but it's just like they kind of Moves it a bit. do it in in a kind of like memory kind of yeah, like a relaying the story. Yeah, like yeah. the the murder is like relaying the story, um, and you can do I guess you can do that with or you could do it live action, but with animation it's a bit easier because they can just like yeah cut it in. You can just have it happening there in the corner, and everyone understands that it's not actually happening there in the corner. Yeah, we have um, like Donald Bain and Malcolm being like, "I'm going to England. I'm going to Ireland. Let's yep. go." And we have a nice little narrator line there. That's where the narrator became really like useful. Where he <laughs> said, "Oh, they fled because they were like under suspicion." Yes, because all they say is, "There's daggers and men's smiles." Is the only line of dialogue that hints at that. Yeah, because yeah. exactly like um, if they hadn't explained that, and this was the first time you'd seen it, Beth, you probably wouldn't have understood that. Yeah. And then he has a line like, and that leaves Macbeth open to become king. Again, yeah. nice, like, little yeah. line. They, we had all sorts of things that were cut out but alluded to. So, for example, mm. you don't get the um, Macduff family murder. But you do get yeah, Rob's yeah. telling Macduff about the murder. You get a glimpse, right? You get the family cowering and then like yes. a fire is like around them so there's, there's definitely a glimpse of it but you don't get any dialogue from the family which again no. is fair is enough it? very much like Bellatar was sticking to Macbeth's perceptions of things and there are very few scenes yes. that don't involve him in fact that Macduff that Ross telling Macduff about his family is one of the only scenes but probably the only it. one yeah absolutely yeah well there's a couple of witches scene like the first oh, yeah, witches yeah. scene that's true yeah without Macbeth in, and the first Duncan scene as well. <laughs> and I think that's good. No the, more, that. the, the more of these we watch, the more I think that the scenes that don't actually involve Macbeth or Lady Macbeth, you just don't need necessarily that they kind of there slow are a couple it down. of them. I mean, there are some yeah. that are nice to see that are kind of fun, like, you know, the, the murder of the Macduff family. But a lot of the time, it's just, <laughs> so other, it's just other Scottish lords scheming, you know, and like, yes, you know, yeah. there's something weird about Macbeth. Yeah, let's see how it plays out. Yeah, okay. And that's like a five minute scene. <laughs> Well, luckily for us, our least mm. favourite scene, Act 4, yes. Scene 2, Part 2, or whatever it is, <laughs> um, yeah. is, is not there. Not it's present, It's completely yeah. unnecessary. I mean, it's just unnecessary in general, but it's yeah. not there. Um, yeah, and then we do obviously get so that annoying Lady Macbeth going crazy quickly. Yeah. Thing. It's still there because, obviously, it's always there, but this yeah. is particularly quick because, really, she only has, like, three scenes. Yes, and that might be why it felt a bit better. First of all, because the whole thing is crazy. Nothing feels inexplicable. Secondly, because I was a little further removed from her when she was sane, and I didn't have that real sense of relation to her because of, you know, the style and how quickly we're moving, it didn't bother me as much that she suddenly just goes crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's still, still like, there. It's still definitely sudden. it. It just doesn't bother me as much. 
Yeah, but yeah. it was kind of like, oh, okay, she's crazy now. Yeah. But ev- everything was like that. Oh, okay, he's this now. Oh, okay, this yeah. is the, like, yeah. But <laughs> like like you said, this is more like an art exhibit than it is a Yeah, <laughs> it's more film. a showcase of animation than yeah. a showcase of Shakespeare, really. But it's it's it hits on the right parts and there's no fat to it. You know, it really no. races through. So let's talk about a couple of our usual segments. Extra ghosts. Yes. Let's start with Banquo. Banquo oh was like the worst one yet. Like worst in terms of, holy shit, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, that's so like, unpleasant. I am not showing this to a child. This is <laughs> he terrifying. Had, he had like a cleaved face that was like drooping and hanging off of his head. It was... Ooh. And when he says, you know, don't shake thy gory locks at me. They were gory locks. That's exactly they were what they were. <laughs> gory as F. Um, I, I feel like the animators like probably read like you know the script for this and were like, I'm gonna have fun with these ghosts. <laughs> I'm gonna do whatever I like with the supernatural stuff, which we'll talk <laughs> yeah. more about with the witches as well. But yeah, yeah. this is this Banquo is second, perhaps only to the tragedy of Macbeth in terms of like most vi- um scary Banquo vision. Remember the one where he shows up with like the bird on his shoulder and such. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was creepy. Okay, uh, all three vision ghosts. As they are in yes. the play. Yes, indeed. All three of the... Which is like a weird thing to keep in. Yeah. <laughs> if you're trying have... to cut down Macbeth, why are you keeping in like the three vision ghosts when you could just have the, the witches. witches telling... Yeah, which we have had before, yeah. right? We had, um, I think, Belatar at the very least had the witches just tell him the prophecy. and Well, most of the stage yeah. ones have. Most of the... Like yes. Ian McKellen's one, they just bound his head and then he described what he saw. So... Yeah, what did we have? We yeah. had a skull in a helmet tell him that yes. uh, Beware Macduff. Yeah. A weird baby that's baby, also kind yeah. of a skull that tells him, you know, no woman of um, no woman of mother born, no woman of baby born will, um, <laughs> will hurt you. And then we had a, a, a little boy um, tell N- him. Naked boy. A naked boy with quite the butt um, tell him <laughs> that he needs to, uh, that he won't die until uh, yes. all the woods burn him. Huh? Yeah, Burnham Wood. Burnham, yeah. finally. <laughs> yeah, right. Burnham Wood comes to Dunstan. Eh? Until Boreham Wood comes to Hackney. He <laughs> need not fear anyone. So that all happens. Um, interestingly, it seems to be one of his visions that ultimately costs him his life. Because when he's fighting with Macduff, he suddenly sees Macduff's family again. And that distracts him long enough for Macduff to get the blow in. Now, he sees the, the family a couple of times, doesn't he? He's got yeah. this moment when he's on the on the top of the roof of the castle. Yeah. And he's imagining all the things he's done, and one of them yeah. is the family. Yeah. Well, yeah. one of them is like Duncan, Banquo, family. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, like, the idea that maybe if the witches are causing the visions, then maybe they just kind of cause the downfall. But of course, metaphorically, killing Macduff's family does cause his downfall, you know, directly, because he pisses off Macduff enough to yeah. turn... T- you know, turn sides, and that's he's the one who kills him, and the only one who could kill him, unless there's another Caesarian born amongst the army. But then again, does the prophecy just predict? Like, if if Macduff hadn't been um, of woman, you know, untimely ripped from his mother's womb, would the witches have had to come up with some other really vague thing that would only apply to <laughs> Macduff? You should not be killed by anyone whose name doesn't rhyme with buff. <laughs> oh, um. Haha, your name clearly ri- does not rhyme with buff. For I have slain me. Um, Ross's poker face, no poker face, because Ross doesn't no lie. No poker face. We just get Ross telling him the truth. My children, too. Wife, children, servants, all that could be found. My wife killed, too, I have said. Porter speech, no porter. No porter. None no. at all. Um, the only other note I'll say on the adaptation of Shakespeare is that. 
it ends with a brief reprieve of him saying out out brief candle and then duncan's ghost shows up yeah to tell everyone to be friends (laughs) god's venison go with you and with those that would make good of bad and friends of foes yeah so so right at the end you get duncan's ghost yeah and he says some line about God, and I was like, hang on a second. Are they implying that Duncan's come down from heaven? Oh my god. To like tell them some sort of religious thing. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Because it kind of does look a bit like God, doesn't he? He, he looks quite Christish, it has to be yeah. said. But he comes down and he's like, yeah, blessed is the man who like, m- you know, stops war and makes, you know, foe into friend or something like that. And it's like, ah, you put a happy message onto this Macbeth. Happy Macbeth message, which is not even... Po- How is that even possible? <laughs> Kids, don't kill anyone. That's really the heart of Macbeth. Trammel up the consequence. Did they show the murder? No. Nope, just um the weird spooky skull jester with his drum, who keeps yes, summoning Macbeth awesome. to go do awful stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we do get a floating dagger. Oh yeah, we get an actual physical dagger. But which dagger. wasn't as weird. Because the whole thing is weird. Because the whole thing is like an animation yeah. that's weird and creepy. So it's like, oh, okay, cool, a floating dagger. Like, yeah. I'm down with it. It wasn't this inexplicable, gritty, kind of realistic depiction of medieval life and then suddenly a floating ma- magical dagger. Yeah, like in Tragedy of Macbeth, where yeah. it's like, oh, a floating dagger. That's, <laughs> what are you doing? What like, are you doing? Why couldn't we just imagine it? Yeah, it's um, it, it fits better. Bloody man is that. Now, did you recognize the voices as it was going? Um, so I misrecognized. Oh, okay. <laughs> the voices. I, I did not recognize Brian Cox. No. Yeah, it's the actor Beth. Brian Cox, not the astronomer. <laughs> that would be awesome, though. Can we do an adaptation of Macbeth where the the astronomer Brian Cox? Is, is... this a dagger? I see you before me. <laughs> his big smiley voice with Mancunian <laughs> accent. <laughs> oh my god, love him. Um, yeah, it's Brian Cox, and I I thought that I had seen the cast list and noticed that no one significant was in it. And so as watching it, just, this sounds a lot like Brian Cox. It does. And she sounds a lot like Zoe Wanamaker. <laughs> so what's going on? See, I thought it was Judy Dench. Ah! Because she sounded just like the the Judy Dench Lady Macbeth. But maybe mm. that's like what she was basing it on. Mm, maybe. I think Wanamaker was a Shakespearean actor um, before she got into the My Family crowd. Love her. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we've got Brian Cox as Macbeth. Tomorrow and tomorrow... And tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time. And all our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Out. Out. Brief candle. And it's just really hard to coax out a performance from all the stylized visuals, really. Yes. Um, it's weird. He does. He goes between like English and Scottish, yeah. if you notice. <laughs> yeah. A couple of, he tr- but if he'd done the Scottish accent the whole way through, it would have worked. Because the Scottish accent was actually pretty good. Well, I think, isn't he Scottish? And I was just like, well, maybe that's why it's so good. <laughs> oh my God. Physicist has better CEO than the actor. Yeah, he's a Scottish actor. So that makes sense. There you go. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, why don't you just use a Scottish accent? Maybe because everybody else was English. Yeah. They were like, let's just everyone do English. So maybe he was trying to do English and then, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, he he went between Scottish and English, which is a bit strange. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. The art really overshadowed like the performance. 
Yeah. So yeah, Cox is good, and I I did like his voice. I liked his Scottish accent when he was doing it. But and he looks creepy. The animation on him he, he make him look haggard and um, yes. haunted throughout, which is a good look for Macbeth. It's hard to coax uh, to cox out a performance from all of the style that's going on. It's hard for me to sort of put my finger on it and say, yes, there, that's him emoting. <laughs> and I think that extends into the serpent under it because we've got Zoe Wanamaker as Lady Macbeth. Yes. Unsex me here and fill me from the crown to the toe, top full of direst cruelty. Come to my woman's breasts and take my milk for gall, you murdering ministers! And again, she's good. It's just hard to nail down the performance amongst all the weird visuals, including the bit where she takes her headscarf off and she's got this crazy long red hair that kind of becomes yes. like a shape. That was great. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, the art is definitely the standout performance. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she's she's good. She's got that amazing voice. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was Judy Dench. So she's got the Judy Dench voice. She's got Dench in um, voice. And, uh, but, and, and it, like, that's, it's nice to have, you know, well-known actors play, play it because maybe yeah. it wouldn't have worked as well. But I really didn't like, like, yeah, I didn't have any like connection with them because yeah. they were so short and, yeah. yeah, but maybe, I don't know how she played Lady Macbeth. It sounded like she had at some point. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Maybe she yeah. has. Oh God, yeah, I'm sure she has. Yeah, surely most sort of big actors in Shakespearean productions have at some point played Lily Macbeth. Okay, weirdest sister. And this is becoming like one of the more in- most interesting segments because the way in which the creatives involved take on the witches or don't is like really indicative of the whole thing. And yeah. they're definitely amongst the weirdest sisters. Upon the heave there to meet with Macbeth. <laughs> Fair is foul, and foul is fair. Hover blew the fog and filled the air. <laughs> they are awesome. Yeah, they're so, so cool. creepy. They're like almost like um, ghostish. They're very like fluid. They're like yeah. fluid is the word. They keep transforming and yes. melding and merging and rearranging. Yes, <laughs> it's very interesting as an art style. It's um incredibly inventive and just magnetic to watch their scenes i think are the highlight yeah they were amazing yeah they were very like i want a poster of them they were so (laughs) so well drawn and i guess yeah making them one of the focal points is always interesting to see Mm. like who makes them a focal point how much agency they have like what how whether or not it's them who is directing macbeth and yeah. then I think in this, that's very much the oh yeah the thing, isn't it? They're directing Macbeth. Yes, we have a sense of Macbeth just kind of being easily led, because he's always meant to be easily led. He's led by the witches and by Lady Macbeth. He's just sort of strung along until, you know, he tries to take his own, his own control over the situation and ends up hashing it up. But in this, he very much just feels like, you know, a, a, a soul just sort of at the mercy of the tides, which is shaped by the witches. So it's good that they were so visually striking. So Mm. I I guess in conclusion, it's a good primer. It's not a good substitute for an actual adaptation of Macbeth. It's not something you should watch instead of. But you get an overview. You don't necessarily get the depth and the nuance or anything in the way of insight. Um, But it holds the intention. Um, It's a very interesting curio for Shakespeare fans. And for animation fans, I'd say it's a must-see. And I really want to see some of these other 
you know, adaptations. Yeah, I might go and have a look at the other ones. I wonder what they do with like Midsummer Night's Dream or The Tempest or yeah, (laughs) um, some of the really like visual because Midsummer Night's Dream is like one of the most visual plays. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And it's absolutely beautiful when it's done on stage. So yeah, definitely check some of the other ones out if they're on YouTube. Yeah, definitely. I think they're all on there. So yeah, check them out because they're very short and very interesting. Okay, A Charmed Life. What's Katie's Shakespeare fact? Okay, well, uh, maybe a little quiz for you. Um, there are only two Shakespeare plays written entirely in verse. Oh my god. Can you name either of them? Can you tell me which um, category they're in? They're, they're both um, histories. Both histories? Yeah. How bizarre. <laughs> yeah, very bizarre. I've put money on them being comedies. Okay. Any Are, <laughs> are either of them a Henry? No, I'll just tell you. Okay. Um, one of them is Richard II. Oh, wow, really? And the other one is King John. Huh, I'm surprised by Richard II. I'm quite familiar with it. And, you know, the Henry Ad in general. Most of his other plays are either entirely prose or feature some verse. Right. But mostly prose. Hmm. Good stuff. <laughs> Very interesting Shakespeare fact. And how, how can people find out about Katie? Instead of the Shakespeare oh. guy we're always going on about. Yeah, screw that guy. Um, <laughs> What's he done? They can read my blog, katiewritesabout.com. Love it. They can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at katiewritesabout. And they can listen to my other podcast, Have You Ever Heard Of, which is a history podcast. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, what about you, Paul? You can stay right here on Screen Mayhem, where you will find reviews, other podcasts, all sorts of stuff that I've been involved with. Or you get bored of that. You go over to OGT Pod, that's One Good Thing podcast, where me and um, another guy named Paul, it's ridiculous, uh, review <laughs> movies, review bad movies, and try to find nice things to say about them, because no film oh, is worthless. You guys. These are nice to everyone, everyone. Even you, Michael. Uh, next up, we are heading out of Europe to Madagascar for Macbetho. Macbetho! Macbetho. Oh a largely God. improvised black and white film starring a lot of people who had never seen a movie before. <laughs> so you just know that's going to be easy for us to find. It's going to be on Netflix, Amazon it's, Prime. Yeah, it's going to be free and easy. You're not even free oh and God. easy like me. You're not even going to be able to get away from this. We're going to be spoiled oh for choice. So until then, away and mock the time with Ferris Show. False face must hide what the heart doth know. Bye. Bye.